Keep them in prayer. Okay, let's go to First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter one. <laughs> Not moving too quickly through this. We've looked at Paul sends his regards. We've looked at Paul states his respects. Verses four to nine. He restated his respects for God's grace that was given to them and anybody that's saved knows the grace of God working in their life. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Verse 4, and then so stating his respects for the grace that God gave them for the gifts that God gave them in verses 5 through to 7. It was a talented church and it was more evident then than now because they had the um, gifts that were given in the early church of miracles and tongues and uh, discerning of tongues, interpreting of tongues and all those things that were happening back then. But they, at Corinth, were abusing them in all trying to speak at the same time in the church and it was Bedlam. So Paul restricted that down to one pe person speaking at the most two and someone else interpreting. They were <clears throat> not only a talented church, they were a telling church there the world could see the difference it was confirmed their minute their testimony was confirmed verse 6 christ's testimony was confirmed in you you've changed you're different now and then they were a titled church verses 7 you come behind in no gift they've got everything <laughs> that they could have they had god was very gracious in giving them that pray that god would send gifted people along here that have an ability in an area that we need our people to step into that that's um, something that we can be praying for and God brings those people to us so it was titled in that they became not that you know reverent or anything like that but titled in the abilities they had there they came behind in no gift and then the, it was a trusting church and that was last week as it reads there in in verse 8 who shall confirm Again, that word confirm is used, verse 6 and 8. Who shall confirm you unto the end. Yeah. <laughs> God's got you. God's going to use you to the end, whether it be until the appointment of death that we talked about this morning or until the Lord's coming. And here, in context, who shall confirm you unto the end that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I hope that... By the finish of the sermon last week, you knew and were able to discern the difference between the day of our Lord Jesus Christ and the day of the Lord. Where is the day of our Lord Jesus Christ mentioned in? What? Old or New Testament? In the New Testament, speaking to the church. He's going to confirm us until the end of that day, the day of Christ. It's used four times in the New Testament. Every time it has reference to when Christians will be caught up. It's in context. But then the day of the Lord, it is used in the New Testament, but not near as frequently as is used where? In the Old Testament. Talking of the Jewish people, to the Jewish people, about the day that they will, will have to endure because of their disbelief. And the day of the Lord is a shocking time. Just read through the book of Joel and mark the day of the Lord and all the things that attend the day of the Lord that happen at that time. You don't want to be here. You just don't want to be even... You can hardly think about the, 
you know, the, the me- <laughs> it doesn't say this exactly, but the sentiment is there. A man will be as rare as hen's teeth. I read it this week, but it didn't say that, but that's what it meant. <laughs> there will be hardly a man left around in the world. Such devastation and destruction. And if, if as we've been speaking of lately, and the children also go, that's 2.2 billion children in the world right now. You can check that out on Google. Google's helpful for some quick facts. 2.2 billion people might go missing, along with all the Christians that have believed voluntarily and accepted the gift of the grace of God. Now, there's not enough flying saucers around to take all them <laughs> because that's what will be the ploy of the devil to say, ah, oh, the aliens come and took them. Yep, God did. He's alienated from this world by our wicked works. Um, <clears throat> but the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord Jesus Christ, they're confirmed to the day, the end of the day of Jesus Christ, then the day of the Lord begins. God is faithful. Maybe we'll crank up and start moving through verses quickly. I'm planning to do that instead of just picking on words and phrases. But we'll do just phrases for a start tonight at least. God is faithful. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. All your promises you've given to man, you will keep. Thank you for the unconditional promises that we have been confirmed to the end the day of Jesus Christ, whether we die or whether we live, we are the Lord's. That is a a confirmed end, a confirmed thing, a confirmed promise. Thank you, Lord, that you've made that promise to us. And you are faithful and will keep that promise. If we could not and uh, will not trust you in these things, we haven't got believing and saving faith. By faith we believe the worlds were framed by the word of God. And without faith it is impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder. Thank you, Lord, that we can will be rewarded for those that believe, as those that believe. And one day, Lord, our faith will turn to sight and it will be rejoicing forevermore in the presence of a holy God, an all-powerful God, omnipotent, all-knowing God, Lord, Thank you that you know us better than we know ourselves and that you you don't bend the rules for us, but you know our frame, that we're dust and we do sin. And I pray, Lord, that you forgive us when we do and it may help us to realize that we've done that, that we might be in touch and in tune with you. Bless us. We study tonight. Bless those that are listening here and on the air, Lord, we pray for them. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. <clears throat> Okay, for so he's thanking the Lord for the grace that was given to them, for the gifts that were given to them, and for the guarantee given to them. Verse eight, confirmed to the end, and he's pray he's giving thanks not only for the grace, gifts, and guarantee, but for their God. I give thanks. I thank my God. He said in verse four, and all these things follow. God is faithful. His faithfulness. We 
may let God down, but he does not let us down. We may think we're okay, but God knows otherwise. He knows and reads our heart, but he is still faithful. In 1 Corinthians 10.13, it reads, There hath no temptation taken you, we read it, we quoted it this morning, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful. God is faithful, it says in the middle of that verse, who will not suffer you to be tempted above which you are able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. Who amongst us tonight believes that sometimes God's stretching it with you? Thank you, you're honest. <laughs> I'll put up my hand. You say, no, I think you're doing, you're going beyond the pale here. <laughs> you're allowing things to come that I'm not ready for. Aren't you glad that that didn't happen when you first become a Christian? You might have been out the door a lot quicker. I mean, no, don't go. <laughs> you might have been out the door, <laughs> not quicker. <laughs> but God is faithful, will not. He knows what we're able to bear. Praise God that he is faithful and not suffering us at any time to be able to bear that which we are unable to bear at that time. And it's not saying that it's not going to get tougher. It does. It will. And in our age we live in, it's sure to get harder to be a Christian than it was when we first believed. It's harder to hand out tracts. It's harder to talk to people. It's harder in many ways because people, the world's grown hard against God. God is faithful. He'll strengthen you to do, to do that and raise up opportunities for you to fulfill that. So we may let him down, but he won't let us down. He's able, he'll, he is faithful. He is utterly dependable. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. God is faithful. Chapter 5 verse 23 and 24. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray that your whole spirit and soul and body. What are you made up of? Body, soul and spirit. (laughs) There's a three, triparted being. That's the clearest verse in the scriptures that speak of us as humans. Body, soul and spirit, triparted being. Be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That doesn't say the day of Christ, but it's referring to the same thing. Then the next verse says what? Faithful is he that calleth you who will also do it. He will do it. (laughs) That's it. He will do this and he'll sanctify you and I holy and preserve you and I blameless to that day. Faithful is he that calleth you who will do just that. Praise God for his faithfulness. Are there some areas that you might like to say, yep, God is faithful in this. God is faithful. Is there somebody that, you know, think about that. I'd like to say, God is faithful, yes, in his grace, unfailing grace, unending grace, doesn't stop. God is faithful in his love. He's not going to ever not love you. He hates what we might do sometimes, our sin, but he loves us. Yes, 
God is faithful in his promises. That's, you just covered them all. <laughs> Love. <laughs> but that, he is faithful in his promises, isn't he? What does he promise, John? Everlasting life. Everlasting life. That's one of the, the greatest promises that um, draws people to the gospel, doesn't it? Any, anything else that he's promised us? We're going off in a different vein here. <laughs> never leave us nor forsake us. He, that's a promise he's made. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He's coming again. He's, coming again. <laughs> he's made a promise. He'll keep his promise. M.A. Butler. I, you know how he said it real loud, will come again. And that's what he started his sermons with often or said it in every sermon. It was like he was donning that bell. <laughs> Brother Butler. That was years ago. But every time I go to Queensland, I pass the place and where he last ministers in the back of heads. I think of M.A. Butler there. Any other promises or how God is faithful? His mercy. His grace and his mercy. His mercy. Grace, he gives us what we don't deserve and his mercy doesn't give us what we do deserve. Judgment. The, the judgment. Mm-hmm. So we could go on all night and think, about these things that God is faithful in. And uh, he's going to keep his word. Let's turn to Psalm, Psalm 98, 80, sorry, 89, 89. If there's a psalm that talks about the faithfulness of God, God is faithful, this is it. <laughs> psalm 89. And put a little note next to that one in the ones, the verses we've already looked up in First Thessalonians 5.24, First Corinthians 1.9. And put Psalm 89 next to that. I will sing of thy mercies. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever with my mouth. I'll start singing it. <laughs> it's an old chorus we used to sing. I will make known thy faithfulness to all generations. It's a Marandindi song. Oh, that's where they used to sing it a lot. Uh, to all generations, he is faithful. In verse 2, I have said, Mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness, mark, mark them as you go through there, shall be, mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shall be established in the very heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen. <laughs> I have sworn unto David, my servant. You know when a friend makes a, a covenant, makes a, a swears to that covenant, I will keep this. We don't exchange shoes today like they did in that day, but we don't crucify animals and cut them in half and walk between the pieces as they did in that day. But he swore unto David, my servant, thy seed will I establish for how long? Forever, and build up thy, who's David's throne, to all generations, and the heavens shall praise thy wonders, O Lord. Thy again it is used faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints. Down to verse eight. O Lord God of hosts, who is strong, a strong Lord like unto thee, or to thy faithfulness round about thee. You go down to verse 24. Same chapter still. 
but the, my faithfulness, <coughs> excuse me, and my mercy shall be with him, and in my name shall his horn be exalted. You need to read that back a little bit earlier and get context. And then slip over to verse 30. 33. The Lord said, nevertheless, and, and we've already read part of this about making a promise to David and keeping it through God, his faithfulness. Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him. It's going to be taken away, but not utterly, not altogether. Nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. Then what does he say? My covenant will I not break. And we've been talking about the covenants, the promises God's made to us. And here he's talking to Israel and to David. And he said, I'm not going to break my covenant, nor will I alter the thing that has gone out from my lips. If you go back to verse 28, my mercy will I keep for him forevermore, and my covenant shall stand fast with him. His seed also will I make to endure forever, and his throne as the days of heaven. Verse 35, we'll read on from there. Once I am sworn by my holiness, and that I will not lie unto David. His seed shall endure forever, and his throne as a son before me. What is God saying here? He's keeping his covenant to David and to David's people. It will be utterly forever, and this is declaring his, faith, his faithfulness that he will do it. You can't get it much plainer than that. I will not utterly take from him nor suffer him my faith. It seems, and they might say today, where is our God? <laughs> he has forsaken us. But his faithfulness to them has not failed. It will come to fruition in time. <clears throat> and... Uh, Verse 37, did we read that one? It shall be established forever like the moon and as a faithful witness in heaven, Selah. So that's where it finishes there, at that Selah, that discussion about God's faithfulness. If you go over to Psalm 105, 105 verse 8 to 12. He, that, he hath remembered his covenant forever the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. <laughs> I thought, how long's a thousand generations? Well, let's go the shortest period that could be. Say 20 at the shortest. Did you have children, you know, back in the old days of our parents? You say old days of us parents? Well, you got married before usually 20. Now it's a little later, the average. But say 20 years, the shortest, shorter period. To a thousand generations. 20,000 years. The world hadn't been there, there that long, but you see what he's saying is going to cover all time. His promises are going to come. He's going to be faithful over thousands of generations. Which covenant, he said, he made with Abraham? What did he say to Abraham? And his oath unto Isaac. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, he repeated the covenant too, to each of them. What did he say? 
Come on. Abrahamic covenant that was repeated to the, those three patriarchs. This is your land. You will occupy it and you will have it. No matter what the Muslims say or whoever else wants to or what the United States says or Europe says, it's your place. It's a covenant he made. And it was a promise of the land. And, and also, not only the land, but of the seed. The seed. As to that what? Stars of the heaven? And if you're on the beach, there's a sand by the seashore. You will be multiplied. My covenant I made with that. He is faithful. Keep that in mind. And his oath unto these men. And confirmed, in verse 10, the same unto Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, patriarchs, for a law... And to, yeah, he's not just stopping with their patriarchs, he says in Israel. Because Jacob had 12 sons and then they multiplied. For an, a whatever, an everlasting covenant. God is faithful. You, that would be years of study from the Bible just to pull out all the promises God made to, whether it be Israel or the church, God and his people in general, that he's going to keep. And he will he will keep them. I've got a little note here. Look at Romans 11 verse 1 where it says, I say then, hath God cast away his people? Paul's talking to the Jews. God forbid, for I also am an Israelite. We know he's talking to the Israelites because Paul said that. Of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. And so he's faithful and Paul recognized that and he's not going to cast away those people in verse 27 of the same chapter for this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins we can rejoice in the promises he's made and he is faithful to keep them to us to the church but Israel can rejoice in the promises made to them that he will keep them and you know the, the orthodox people are dead set he will keep his promises he is our God he's not your God they say to the church he's our God uh, they got that wrong he's our God too aren't you glad and uh, we can revel in the promises of God as well we can rejoice in them if you go back to the book of Jeremiah this is just going down a little a rabbit trail of the promises of God to his ancient people not a rabbit trail there's no rabbit trails in the Bible <laughs> They're all wombat trails. They're big. <laughs> they're obvious. It's easy to see. They're, they're there in chapter 31, in the new covenant that he's going to make with the house of Israel, that we enjoy a part of it, the sealing of the new covenant, covenant with the blood of Christ. <clears throat> chapter 31 and verse 35. We, we read in Psalm 105 that sun and moon and that, it will go on forever, these promises made to them. And here again it mentions that in verse 35, Thus saith the Lord, who giveth the sun for a light by day, the ordinance of the moon of the stars for a light by night, who divided the sea when, when his waves roar, the Lord of hosts is his name. If those ordinances that he just spoke about depart from me before me, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel shall also cease from being a nation before me forever. So he's swearing on the existence of the world and the moon, the stars, to be around forever <clears throat> until he folds them up and wax old, they wax old. They, the nation of Israel, will be there. Thus saith the Lord, if heaven above can be measured, 
the foundations of the earth be searched out beneath, I will cast off the seed of Israel for all that they have done, saith the Lord. <coughs> and they will not be cast off forever, will they? <laughs> God has made that promise to them, and as I've mentioned before in Jeremiah 4, verse 27, For thus saith the Lord, For thus hath the Lord said, the whole land shall be desolate, yet I will not make a full end of them. In verse 10 of chapter 5, go up, up upon her walls and destroy, but make not a full end, take away her battlements, for they are not the Lord's. And so here's Jeremiah living in the time when this was happening. Their battlements were being taken away. The Nebuchadnezzar come down three times upon Judah. The Assyrians come down upon the, the Ephraim, the northern ten tribes, but Judah and Benjamin were taken by the Babylonians and they took away their battlements they're not the lords they took away the temple they took away the gold of the temple they took away the items of furniture of the temple but God did not make a full end each time you know old Nebuchadnezzar you might say was a mean man but he gave instructions that when you go and take that place just leave the poor people but take all the gold that way they can't resist us And, and three times he did that he left some people in the land. He left them to just tend the place. They said, well, we've got, the, we got our neighbour's place and the neighbour's place and everybody else's place for nothing. And they could have made something of it. But the rascals asked Jeremiah, what should we do? This is the third time. And they, they said to Jeremiah, what does the Lord say? What should we do? Stay here or nick off to Egypt? Let's go down there and, and trust in the armaments of Egypt and, and Jeremiah went to the Lord and he asked an honest question and the Lord said stay in the land and you, you'll be fine he told them and they went to Egypt instead they just didn't listen to him didn't listen to the man of the Lord just did their own thing and they dragged Jeremiah off too and they went down there and they suffered a whole lot more there they, suffered, they would have existed still in the land if they'd stayed there until the remnant come back, 50,000 of them in Ezra and Nehemiah's time from, from Babylon. And, and then God raised up the man, what was his name, the, the, of Medes and Persians, and, and named him by name 100, almost 100 years before he was born and, and said, he will give you protection, he will give you all the items of furniture we, we took from Jerusalem and will send them back with you. And he did. God moved in his heart. Cyrus? Anyway, that man. <laughs> and he, and he, he came back. They, he gave it to him free of charge. They would go back to the land. You know, God saved him. And he said to him when they went up there, he said, look, you're going to be there for 70 years. Build houses. Build plant vineyards. Live there because it's going to be 70 years. And it was. And not all of them come back to Israel at the time they could have and were given a free ticket a free pass with protection from from Babylon mean but God used him God used kings look God is still on the throne God can still do that for his people today for people that honestly serve the Lord and want to fulfill his purposes so <clears throat> he has not made a full end down in verse 18 of chapter 5 of Jeremiah nevertheless in those days saith the Lord I will not make a full end with you he'd not done with Israel yet <laughs> Jeremiah 30 verse 11 
He, for I am with thee, saith the Lord, to save thee, though I make a full end of all the nations to which I have scattered thee. I will not make a full end of thee. God is faithful to his promises. All the destruction has come upon Israel. You know, the Medes and Persians and the Babylonians, Medes and Persians, the Greeks, and then the Romans. Israel still existed. They were scattered everywhere. They were subjected to Gentile rule. And for 2,000 years, been the same. Titus came down the Romans and destroyed it. But they are being, and now they're back in the land. And even, even when they went back to the land and they were given the land, a whole boatload of persecuted Jewish people coming from Europe pulled into the Mediterranean Sea and wanted to port there and, and unloaded, was it Haifa or, or the other one down lower where, the, where they play? They pray in Jerusalem, they pay in Haifa and they do the other thing in the other place. <laughs> they play down there. Anyway, the, when they turned up there, the English were in charge and they said, Leave. You're not getting off the boat. <laughs> and you think, what? You know, I think Israel, uh, England would be still a great power if they had said, unload. <laughs> and, and more come. All come over here. It's your land. And it would have been a great blessing. More of a blessing than keeping and capturing the land along with the Australians and Allenby and those guys did it in, in our generation, as it were. <laughs> but they said, no. And slowly we see the slide of England from the power it was. The sun never set upon the English Empire because wherever the sun was, there was, an, there was a colony or something that the sun was shining on, but not, not any longer at all. It would be good if it were so, wouldn't it? The world would be unified. Much Anyway, we're getting never a full end. God keeps his promises. Praise God that he keeps them and will keep them. His faithfulness. Back there, we must go. You know, you know what I mean by we are going to move quicker when we get into verse 10. But God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son. Whose call did you hear for salvation? The Lord's call. As we mentioned this morning, <laughs> can I come in? Can I be your saviour? Can I control your life? Will you, will you let the convicting Holy Spirit save you as he speaks and calls you? And so, <clears throat> by whom you were called through his faithfulness unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. When we get saved, who are we fellowshipping with? The Lord. His Son, Jesus Christ. Through his spirit, as it says in Romans chapter 8 and the later half of that there, that when we know not what we should pray for as we ought, the spirit takes our prayers and puts them so that it's not that God doesn't comprehend, but puts them in the, the best way possible to be given to the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. And so <clears throat> the fellowship of his Son and the fellowship of the Spirit, and the fellowship of the Father as well. So we've been called. If you go back to chapter 8 of the book of Romans, Romans chapter 8 and verse 30, 
we read Romans 8 verse 30 moreover whom he did predestinate them he also called and whom he called them he also justified and whom he justified them he also glorified what shall we say to these things if God's for us if God be for us who can be against us all the verbs that are given in that verse verse 30 are in the past tense it's like this has already happened though it's not happened none of us are glorified here yet are we you see no halos <laughs> but one day we will be and we'll be in his presence um as good as done justified justified yes just as if we hadn't sinned that's happened so we've been called and these and in this verse it's that word is used early in the process of salvation here predestinated foreknown predestinated called justified glorified that's the process that's given in those two verses in Romans 8 the Lord wants to be with us he loves us now and for eternity the fellowship notice that there in 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 that verse verse 9 the fellowship of his son it means partnership communion have in common he has shared our humanity he knows us he knows our weakness he is tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin he walks with us and he talks with us this is the creator's desire from the beginning god desired his children to have fellowship isn't it good when you can get together with your family and friend well family and have fellowship it's good with the saints the church family but it's good to be able to have that it's awful difficult for people that don't have christian family they can't have that they can't have fellowship but with a christian family you can have fellowship you can rejoice in the lord and what you know just to talk and walk and laugh together and play together if you can if you're young enough to do that um joke around together crack jokes at each other be ridiculing at each other but still know it not really meant it's all in joke it that happened all afternoon at troy's place there's two two kids birthday parties <laughs> caleb and elise <laughs> there's just a party there and yep just some wisecracks made and some laughs had lots of them and noisy you know you get older noise i'm used to getting quieter in the house <laughs> It was just going full belt. You know what? God wants that in his family. He wants that sort of fellowship. Oh, and Chris was there too. <laughs> and Rachel and the kids. The kids were having a wonderful time, so wonderful that Luke's done in. <laughs> but, you know, we're going to get to heaven one day and we're going to have that fellowship all the time, non-ending. The first thing on the agenda is the beam of seat judgment. The next thing on the agenda is a marriage supper. And you get to a wedding where the MC's up there, quiet, 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 please. I want to talk. I want to make an announcement or something. But everyone's full of chatter. And a marriage feast of the Lamb that I believe is the millennium, it will be going on for all that time, that fellowship. And you say, no, it's not, it's not like that. God wouldn't lower himself to that he humbled himself and became obedient unto death for us. He brought us with a price. He's, he's 
you know, tugging us to heaven. He made sure we're not going to, we're confirmed to that day, we're confirmed to the end. And he's, he's tugging us toward that. Look at the reference in Revelation 21 that really came alive to me when I had the media, just a television show, fell just down there they were, put me on the spot. And this is, a, this is what came to mind. What is Christmas about? And you say, what? How'd you get Christmas out of this verse? Well, Christmas is Christ's coming to earth to make this happen. Verse 3, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle God lives with and will live for eternity. Tabernacle with man, with men. And he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God and God will wipe away all tears from their eyes. It's going to happen. Here's one of those promises. <laughs> He's going to tabernacle with us. He wants your fellowship. He wants it today. He will have it in the future when we get the new body, but he wants it today too. And the fellowship of the saints. We move no further than one verse. And Lord willing, it's going to be next week. No service. The week following, where are we in Easter by then? Anyway, uh, Pastor Hein will be preaching on Easter Sunday evening, the first Sunday of the month, and then we'll get into the verse 10 and the problems. And as I said last week, Paul puts his pen down and he goes, now I have to talk about what I really wrote to you about. And then he's, he's into it in verse 10 and following uh, problems in the church. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Thank you for the promises of God. Thank you for the promises of God to Israel. <laughs> We're not a part of that, but we can look at it and say in wonder, how could these people who are so stubborn and blinded and evil intent against Christians be still your people, that you will turn around and they as a nation will turn in a day and repent. Lord, you are God of mercy and grace to them and to us. We think they're bad. We need to take a look at ourselves. The things we think that we don't do or say. Lord, they're in our heart too. Lord, and thank you for your grace and mercy upon all. And that your plan in the future is that we might fellowship together in the Lord Jesus, in the Holy Spirit and the Father for eternity. And be one glorious, grand, happy family. And Lord, I pray that we might experience some of that on earth at times and just rejoice in that too. Thank you for that. Bless us as we part now and be with us. We go our way, all our different ways throughout the week and strengthen us to be your lighthouses in Jesus' name. Amen.